Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. Radio. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. This is Truth Light, and um, I... I'm happy to say it is Monday, so welcome to a brand new week. We had an incredible uh, super moon over the weekend, so I hope I hope you guys caught part of that anyway, whether you're into the uh, energetic part or the spiritual part or just sitting under it in awe of just the beauty. I hope you got to experience part of that. So we have... Um, a show today on judgment and expectations, and it may take a different turn than you expect. So um, I you know, hope you'll kind of stay tuned and see where we go with it. We welcome call-ins and comments via the chat, that kind of thing. It's 347-677-1443, and if you'd like to speak with the host, just press 1. So uh, questions and comments are always welcome. Uh, I am actually kind of excited about this week. We're starting some new things, and... Um, we're going to be updating the website, so mysticaltruth.com and 12weekcoaching.com, and I'm going to be creating a whole calendar of classes for Sacred Light of Sedona, which you can find, obviously, at sacredlightofsedona.com. So if you happen to be in the Arizona area around Sedona or if you're going to be passing through, I hope you'll check out the, the calendar at Mystical Truth or Sacred Light and uh, see if there's anything you might be interested in. We've been doing a lot of the angel meet and greets, uh, which is a class I do where I introduce people to their guardian angels. And it's kind of neat because we, we have a lot of mainstream people now who are taking that class, and it's pretty exciting to watch them get the aha moment when they actually interact with those guardian angels that have been there their whole life. So that's been kind of neat. We've done a couple of those this week. And uh, so I'm excited about all the different things that are are really beginning to pop, and I hope you guys will join us. We're going to be doing some classes online as well, that kind of thing. And uh, so, anyway, today we're going to be talking about judgment and expectations, and I hope that I can give you some aha moments of your own with them. So, as we do every day, we're going to start with just a a tiny little meditation. Um, I've noticed that we start losing some people with the meditation, so we're going to shorten it a bit because... I also want to help people understand that meditation doesn't have to be a long process. So typically we've been doing about 10 minutes. We're going to go ahead and just um, shorten that up a little bit, but still have it be a beautiful centering for you to start your day. I think that's really important. So this way you know on the archives you can always go to the beginning of the show and find a, a nice little guided meditation to center you if you have just a few minutes to uh, to kind of get yourself together and move on for the rest of the day. So... Like we say every day, if you're driving, please, you know, do this with the archives instead of live. (laughs) So we're going to just take a nice deep breath and relax and just be in a comfy space for a few minutes and uh, release everything from around you in the the day-to-day world and just take maybe five minutes for yourself. So we're going to take a nice little deep breath. And as we breathe in, we feel a renewed energy moving through our being, through the center of our soul, through our chakras, which run down about where our spine is. So some nice deep breaths in and out. And as we exhale, we just see all of the cares and worries, all of the all of the clutter breathing out, the things that don't serve us right now. And now we bring into our intention and attention that beautiful white light that that resides within us, that connection with the highest of vibrations, the God light, whatever you like to call it. And we feel that light becoming stronger and stronger, and we we really feel it sort of beginning to take form in our heart chakra in the middle of our chest. And as we breathe in and out, we feel that light just sort of pulsating in a very gentle manner, very strong, but but easy so that it's not overwhelming. And we feel this beautiful life force beginning to uh, just really form in our heart chakra. And it's it's very strong, but it's also comforting. You know, it's it just feels good. And we ask our angels to come around, and we ask our helpers to come around. 
and uh, we see this beautiful light that's in our heart chakra begin to expand around us, just allowing the love from the universe to flow. We see it flow about three feet around us, and just a beautiful sparkling light moving out, calming everything in its in its path, and bringing harmony and clarity to our own energy field. So as we move this out about three feet, we feel it just begin to swirl in a in a clockwise motion very gently, just sort of cleansing and healing our auric field or our energy field and bringing that beautiful light from the heavens into, into our space, into our little bubble of energy. And feel this become a little stronger, a little brighter, and a little clearer. And just allowing our connection with that one light to just become very clear and understand that that's part of what's filling up this beautiful bubble in conjunction with our personality and and our everlasting being. And so we feel this energy begin to, you may see different colors and sparkly things and all kinds of things happening. And then we see this energy expand out. And we see it move through the environment we're in, through the room we're in. And we see it move throughout the property and then throughout the city. And we just see it expanding with this clarity and this unconditional love as it moves along. And we see it expand all the way out through the U.S. and all the way out through the entire continent. And then we see it move around the world, just very gently bringing clarity and harmony, balance. And we just feel this beautiful light, and we ask our angels to lend their energy to this light, bringing balance and harmony to all of Mother Earth, all of the people on it all of the animals and life forms, the plants, balancing all of the water molecules to their highest of vibrations in in the sense that they are the healthiest, most balanced water that they can be. And that's water in the uh, in the oceans and different bodies of water, as well as the water in the people, the animals, the food, the plumbing, everything. We just see all of the water molecules in, on, and around Mother Earth becoming balanced and stable, harmonious, clear. And as we feel this energy moving around the earth, we feel a oneness with all of the different people and light workers that also send love around Mother Earth. And we just understand that there's a huge group of people sending this energy around at different times of the day. And so we sort of begin to connect our consciousness with that consciousness of those who have found a way to be of service and maintain balance in their life. And we bring our awareness back into our environment and we bring that beautiful light back into our heart center and we feel it brighter but more gentle than it was before. And we feel this clarity move all the way through our body, blessing and cleansing everything it touches, all the way from the tips of our toes to the top of our head, through our arms and fingers. And we feel, again, that three-foot bubble around us. And we just cleanse and clarify so that everybody who comes into that bubble, anybody who comes three feet or closer to us, is, is sort of touched by that clarity and that harmony so that things can go smoothly, communication can go smoothly. Our day is a little bit better. And then we see this beautiful light move throughout our day ahead of us, sort of paving the way with harmony, clarity, enjoyment, joyful bliss, that kind of thing, clear clear intentions and the ability to accomplish that which we choose to with grace and ease. And we just see this beautiful energy moving out in front of us. And we just feel it empowering us through our day before we even get there. We see it move around our cars, around the different paths we may take. And then go ahead and take it out for the rest of the week. Just Your angels will know where to take it. And so just send it out through the rest of your week, sort of empowering the energy and setting it up so that things go well for your highest and greatest good as well as everybody else in any situation you encounter. Win-win for everybody, no matter what you do. And then come back with your intention and back to that heart center again. And just be at peace. For a moment, just sit with this love and this. Remember that this energy is coming directly from the highest of vibrations. So you've got this beautiful, unconditional love. You've got 
this clear communication with spirit and you've got this beautiful harmony where you're you're recognizing that part of the cosmic consciousness that you are and just be in this space for a moment and feel the gratitude just anything that you're grateful for in life we just focus on those things for a moment all of the things that that we're so grateful for And this can be anything. So go ahead and just keep that gratitude for a moment and really allow it to course through your body. Just really embody that gratitude feeling for all of the little things, all of the big things, all of the potential things that may be coming your way. Just everything that ever has or ever will be in your life that brings joy, harmony, happiness, bliss, that kind of thing. And then go ahead and begin to feel your physical being, charged with this fabulous energy. And go ahead and take a nice deep breath. Relax. And feeling very centered, open your eyes. All right. So I hope that was helpful for you starting your day and setting the energy for your week. It's really good to set the intention for your week. Um, this is a a thing that I started doing, um, I was taught by my teacher many years ago, and I notice a big difference when I forget to do it versus when I do it. Um, it's it's a bit where you um, you sort of set the intention for the rest of your week just by paving the energy and making it smooth. So you find these opportunities come your way where you might have missed them, and and you find that they just come more easily to you. So it's it's a really neat technique. You can do it for the day, for the week, for the month, for the year all kinds of different things. So, um, Okay, so today we're going to go ahead and get to topic. Today we are talking about judgment and expectations. And um, it's pretty interesting because I learned a lesson from, I had a mentor who was um, just really a powerful spiritual leader. And he had an organization that was worldwide. And I don't say what it is because it's shifted since he passed. And so that's the only reason that I don't go into detail about uh, what the organization is. Um, it's not it's not of the same integrity at this point. So, um, but but he was uh, this little old Puerto Rican man, <laughs> and uh, and I was very young and a bit cocky, and so he really kind of set me straight, you know, because I have been doing this my whole life, and and when you've been doing this your whole life, and people think you're something special, right? Just because you do something they don't, then you can get a bit of an ego, and so I really needed somebody who could handle that, right? And so he did very effectively. <laughs> And uh, definitely I found uh, being humble a little bit more productive. So anyway, one of the things he taught me was about judgment. I was, and in here I know a lot of people like that in Sedona and Flagstaff, they're the same as I was back then. Everything, they see the best in everything, which is great. That's a fabulous trait to have, right? But everyone um, was beautiful, Everything was beautiful. There was no, there was no, I'm not going to say there was no bad. There was no disharmony because I saw everything as as good or light or fabulous or, right, I only saw the positive in things. And so I thought that was a very enlightened attitude to have. I, I had worked hard on that. I had paid a lot of money for different self-improvement classes and trainings and, you know, how much money do people spend in our society on learning how to find just the positive in a situation, right? And so I really thought I had a lot going on at 25 when, you know, this was my outlook and I was able to find the good in everything and, you know, and so uh, as I'm I'm sitting and spending some time with, with this gentleman, um, you know, he he opens my eyes to the fact that judging something as good, judging something as positive, is also a judgment. And it blew my mind. <laughs> so I I really had to chew on that, right? Because, no, judging something is saying, I judge you as being bad or I judge you, right? That's how I thought. But the second he said that, I realized that every time that I judge somebody as whole and perfect or judge some situation as um, as the perfect situation or I see a teacher and I only see the good in them or, you know, my family members or loved ones or I'm still, I'm judging them. 
right? I'm saying you are perfect and whole, and so I leave no room for you to be anything else. I'm still judging, right? So there is a balance. And while I still see the positive in situations, it's a whole different point of view I have now, right? So as a spiritual leader or as a spiritual person or someone on the the path to enlightenment, you kind of... um, when you look at somebody like that, you would expect them not to be judgmental, right? But when I look at a lot of uh, people who are on the spiritual path, they do tend to be very judgmental. They're just judgmental in reverse, right? So um, it's an interesting thing to watch. And also, we want to talk about, when we're talking about judgment, we also want to talk about um, the way teachers or leaders judge students and the way the students judge their teachers or leaders, right? Because there's a lot going on there too. When uh, when you have someone that you see as a mentor or a teacher or a leader and you, you expect them to be, and this goes into ex- expectations and judgments kind of go hand in hand, right? So you're seeing them as this person who has it all together and they know what they're doing and they don't make mistakes or whatever you're, you know, that's just how we see a lot of a lot of the people that we see as leaders or teachers. And so however it is you see them, you're still in most cases judging, right? So it's still um, still a new perspective to sort of look at. So instead of making those judgments as, as good, bad, right, wrong, that kind of thing. Um, and even right and wrong is a big one because in our culture we see things as, as being wrong or in this religion or that religion we see other things as being wrong and we have in our heads built this list of what's right and wrong but understand that deciding that something is right or wrong is also a judgment. And so the very best we can say uh, when we really look at this as as people who choose to be pursuing enlightenment, right? Is that we can we can decide what's right or wrong for us. In other words, it all breaks down to what is harmonious or non-harmonious with our energetic being. That's what it breaks down to, right? Once we get past the conditioning of society, because that's where a lot of a lot of it lies. Whatever society you're in, whatever culture you're in, you're conditioned to see things as good, bad, right, wrong. And so it has nothing to do with what fits or doesn't fit with your being, right? So we can even look at the different cultures just in in America, right? Melting pot of the world, whatever, right? So we have how many different cultures that believe different things are right and wrong, right? I have a – my big brother – travels the world a lot and um and so there are places that he goes and uh I I won't say where because I can't remember where this came from I just know the conversations we've had he he travels all over the place so um there was one place that he went to um where he would house sit for people because uh, a lot of Americans had homes over there a lot of people from different countries have homes over there and uh <laughs> and when they're not there the homes are empty right and so if the home is empty in whatever culture they're in, the the people in in that country, um, it's it's very accepted that if somebody's not using something, then you go use it because there's not to be any waste, right? They don't really do the whole possession thing to such a degree. And so if something's just there vacant not being used, then in their culture, that's bad, right? That's wrong to leave a beautiful home unused or the belongings that are around it unused. And so the people in this culture would go use it because it's wrong or bad to leave it unused. Well, the people who own the homes or own the belongings see it a completely different way, right? They see it as wrong or bad that these people are in there using their homes or using their belongings. So who's right and who's wrong? Yeah, so it's a judgment and so all that we can say is what is harmonious or non-harmonious with who and where we are at the moment. We can't say whether it's right or wrong. We can say whether it's right or wrong for us. We can say if it's good or bad for us, but that's just whether it's harmonious or disharmonious to our inner being, right? So 
it does give us a different look or a different perspective on things. So so my big brother would go in and he would house sit for these people. Well, then the home is being used. So it's not like people come in breaking down your doors. It's just if it's not being used, then it's wrong to leave it sit there, right, in their eyes, right? So judgment um, really can separate us. Judgment is another form of separation, right? And so as we separate ourselves from one another, we get further and further from that oneness that uh, we we desire to be if we're on that path to enlightenment, right? It's not that we don't need to know where I end and you begin because that's part of what we're here to learn. But that judgment is a separation. So all that we can truly say is what's what's harmonious or disharmonious for us and, hey, why don't you let me know what's harmonious or disharmonious for you and then we can work something out, right? So how do you go through life and not make judgments? It's kind of tricky because we're taught to make judgments from from birth, from before birth, because we're hearing them being made all the time as we're even in the womb, right? So when I had this, I'm 48 now, and so I had this lesson from my mentor when I was like probably 26 or so. So I have spent these years moving away from the judgment thing for the most part. I fall into it because I live in a society. I don't fall into it the way a lot of people do, but I still fall into it, right? So because it's such a part of our conditioning. So when I look at a situation, even something that by our standards would be considered horrific, I'm I'm looking at it differently because I'm removing the judgment. I consciously make an effort to remove the judgment from my consciousness and just find what's harmonious and what's disharmonious with me, right? So, for instance, when, and I'm not going to take any one particular thing because I don't want to lend any energy to any of them, but there are situations where maybe violence breaks out in in an unexpected manner, right, in our country. We have that happen here and there. Um, and so people will be all up in arms about, you know, well, this has to happen and that has to happen and all of this judgment about um about everything, about everybody in the situation. We've got a judgment about everything and everyone in the situation in most cases. Well, I invite you to step back and go, okay, obviously, you know, this part is disharmonious to me, okay? But there's a reason I wasn't I wasn't in that situation, right? There's a reason that I'm hearing about it from a distance because it was so disharmonious for me to be involved in that that... I was nowhere near the situation, right? On the other hand, people who were involved in the situation, there's there's a reason that those people came together at that time, and it's really not for us to say what's right or wrong because we don't know what life lessons will be gained. We don't know what healing will be triggered. We don't know the karmic debts that we're taking care of. We don't know any of the big picture. By having a judgment, we're saying that we know everything, we know the whole big picture of everybody's path involved in every situation. We know it all. <laughs> and the fact is, most of us don't even know our own path, right? <laughs> so how are we going to know everybody else's? And so finding a way to stop and just go, okay, that doesn't feel good to me or that does feel good to me or, you know, but getting rid of the judgment and seeing the big picture, right? Start to think about, Okay, well, you know, on other levels what was really going on there. If you're if you're really going to look at these things and really have them be a part of your life, which is fine, whatever if you're going to watch the news and that kind of thing, then look at it, maybe try looking at it from these different levels, you know? What what created the situation where those people were in that situation together to be affected that way? Right? Why were some people there and some people weren't? Like September 11th was just full of these stories of people who suddenly called into work and went out for a cup of coffee or they had to go change their tie or something and they didn't happen to be in those buildings when all of this stuff happened. And every situation has those stories. So instead of getting caught up in the drama, right, maybe get um, just a little more aware of, wow, there must have been a lot going on there, right, and how do I feel about it? What do, you know, is my inner being at all attracted to that and why and that kind of thing? And, you know, is it 
something you're supposed to get out of it by by experiencing that situation even just by watching it, right? So then you move out of the judgment because that really keeps you in that separation us and them mode, right? And or me and me and them mode, however you're you're looking at it and and so stepping out of that and just beginning to see a bigger picture and gain some understanding from it is kind of a like the next step up, right? It kind of takes you up a little bit higher to that to that more more aware state, right? A little higher consciousness, that kind of thing. And I don't say that in a snotty way. It's just it's a progress or a progression that we're all trying to make, right? So again, no judgment. <laughs> so I have people come to work with me and and they're like almost because when I get people, they're definitely not at their best, right? They come to see me when all hell is breaking loose, that kind of thing. And so um and so sometimes they're afraid to talk to me about the things that have gotten to them to the place where they are because they're afraid that they're going to be judged. And so I have to just share that I think that as a spiritual leader and a teacher and mentor and whatever I am, like I I think it's really important to not bring judgment in because then that separates us, right? So when I work with these people and they realize that there is no judgment, I find that it takes them a while to conceive of what that is, right? So I also invite you guys to kind of get a feel for what is the life with no judgment like, you know? It's not saying everything's good, which is what I thought, kind of, right? I'm not judgmental. I just see everything is good. There's good in everything, whatever. And and there is good in everything, right? But I'm not saying everything is good. I'm not saying everything is bad. I'm not saying there is no good or bad. It's harmonious or disharmonious with me. That's what works for me, right? Not to say that's what has to work for you, but it's something to look at, right? So so just kind of taking a look at that I think is good. And and this is definitely, you know, the judgment and expectations kind of go hand in hand. So that's why I wanted to do them both on one show. Um, and so we are going to kind of buzz through a little bit um, so that we can get to the expectation parts as well, but I did want to um, I did want to just very quickly uh, have you take a moment, you know, and just think about the different things in your life that maybe you lend judgment to, right? That you know maybe it's your your spouse or your kids or and you know oh, I'm a parent, okay? So I got to say that's probably where my biggest challenge is not judging my children, right? Because I want this for them or I want that for them. And you know what? It's really, it's not my business. They're grown. I've done my part. I did the best I could. They're fabulous human beings, right? They're just on their own paths and it's not up to me to judge whether they're right, wrong, good, bad, doing whatever. It's it's their path, right? And so I have to step back and let them experience their path and just, and so my place is to love them and help guide them to the best of my my ability. And so when I talk to them about things or they come asking questions, I can tell them, in my opinion, right, in my my feeling, this is what resonates with me, right? Or, you know, I don't necessarily feel that, and, you know, I'm just making this up, okay? So, you know, in my opinion, it's maybe not the best way to go make money by, like, you know, doing illegal things and, and whatever, because I don't know that that would resonate with me and I don't know that it would resonate with what I would want for my child and you know not to say that my kids have said that just I'm just kind of using the most extreme that I can think of right but ultimately it's not up to me to say right and that may be going a little too far from some for some people but I have to have faith in the fact that the world and how it runs is not up to me in my judgments right so I can just say well you know doesn't really work for me, but if it resonates with you, well, I guess you got to do what you got to do, right? So luckily, I've not run into that situation where they've decided that that was a choice that resonated with them, thank goodness, but but just to take the most extreme, right? How do you, you know, sometimes we, we end up with kids who are not what we expected, right? Like like parents who maybe have issues with, with homosexuality or something, and then they, they find out their child is gay. Well, are you going to judge or are you going to love, right? And uh, for me, you know, my, my oldest son has very different ideas and feelings about things. And 
uh, we're pretty much polar opposites, right? And so if I fell into judgment, we'd have some real issues. <laughs> and so I'm very glad that I got this this handle on this thing, right? So I can't even, it's not even good for me to judge him as just good, right? Because then what kind of expectation, that's what we're going to lead into the expectations. If you're judging people as, I see you as good and whole and beautiful, and that's the expectation we're setting up, right? We think, in a lot of cases, the teachings are that we're setting the energy for that. We're only seeing, we're only seeing the good within, the light within, the perfection within, right? But in reality, what we're doing is putting pressure on that other person to live up to an expectation we've set. Because what happens when, okay, I am seeing, and I've been through this this teaching phase and, and this experience, so, so I definitely know the shift, right? When we look at somebody and we only see the whole perfection that they are, that beautiful potential that they are, right, that they hold within, then what we're doing is not respecting where they're coming from at this moment. That was a big one for me to get to, right? So, you know, I've been single for a long time, and uh, my marriage broke up a long, long, long time ago. And uh, I found that on the rare occasions that I would try to date, what was happening was I was seeing the potential in people, right? I had so, um, so astutely developed my ability to only see the the good and the light and the potential in people that that's what I saw in the people I would date, right? And so then I would end up with these guys that I'm dating and and like they were just like they're living off me and they're just jerks to my kids and and I'm thinking, but I see this beautiful light, right? So what I realized was that I was not seeing the person for who where they were coming from and I was judging them. I was expecting them to come from that place of light. And just because that's all I saw in them didn't mean the other things didn't exist. What I found was I wasn't respecting the place from within them they were trying they were deciding to come from. Right? So I was actually being um very judgmental, very holding expectations that were my expectations and screw whatever they were going to do with their life, right? So while I thought I was being very enlightened, <laughs> I was actually being quite disrespectful, right? So expectations is something that I teach about in some of my classes, and um, and it's very interesting to see the aha moments that people get, right? Because they don't realize when they're setting expectations. So when you have family members or or you know people at work and different people that you encounter every day, we tend to have expectations of what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. We have expectations of what we feel they should be doing with their lives. And it's not even like that that obnoxious aunt who just tells you what you ought to be doing with your life. It's that seeing what they say they want or what they talk about wanting to do or what their actions are saying they want to do and expecting them to continue on that path, right? We think maybe we think we're being supportive, right? Or expecting them to see things the way we do because since it's the way we see it, we don't realize there are other other perspectives, right? So when we hold on to these expectations, what we're doing is limiting people. We're limiting ourselves. We're limiting the people we have the expectations for. So say, say um, you know, your, your child, we'll just use kids because it seems to be the, the trigger point for a lot of people, um, but you can use it in any format you like. So say you have kids who, you have a child who really loves soccer and they're playing soccer and they dig it, right, from wee little on and come middle school or something or high school, they they don't want to play soccer anymore. They're over it, right? But you have created this expectation of, oh, they love soccer, they're going to go on to do this, they're going to get a scholarship, they're going to whatever. Whatever your expectations are, right, because you think that's what they want to do. So you've created this expectation that begins to have a momentum of its own. And expectation holds an energy just like a judgment holds an energy. And so this energy ball gets rolling, right? And it kind of steamrolls the person that you have the expectation for. And so now you've limited that person, right? Because you've decided that's what they ought to be doing. That's what you expect from them. That's, And it's not even it's not even like that. It doesn't have to be that parent who's like, I expect this out of you, right, who's very demanding. 
it can just be, well, this is what you have always shown me, and so this is where I assume the energy is going, and it can be a really subconscious thing. We don't realize we're doing it as parents, right? So, or as spouses, or as family members, or whatever, right? So we hold this expectation, and we think we're being supportive, right? I'm going to support you in this soccer thing. I'm going to do everything I can to help you in it. And really, maybe unbeknownst to you, the the young person is going, God, if I have to see one more soccer ball, I'm going to just like explode, right? But we've held this expectation. And so we're limiting them to that that spot, that particular path. And so this also comes with like um, when we go on trips or when we we have any experience, right? If we have an expectation of how it's going to come out, we're limiting ourselves to that. So I used to, um, you know, for when I was very young, my mom used to tell me, you know, having expectations just sets yourself up for failure and disappointment. And for the longest time, my mom was very, very wise, right? But she was wise in a time where the rest of the world hadn't caught up with her yet, right? And so she used to talk about expectations just setting yourself up for failure, right? Or not not failure, but for disappointment. And that maybe it wasn't healthy to have expectations. And I always took that to mean like, oh, screw it, whatever. I, you know, just, I thought that was a defeatist attitude, which didn't fit with my mom's energy at all. And I really never understood it. And I just thought, well, she must be having a bad day or something, you know? And then long after she passed away, you know, I, um, I got it. I got it, right? So I was traveling to Sedona. The first trip that I had to Sedona was this mystical, magical, just life-altering thing. And then when I came back again to Sedona to visit, I'm expecting, right, this beautiful, mystical, magical thing (laughs) because it must be the same every time you come, right? Well, no, really not. And so um, when when I came to Sedona the next time, it was just a trip like pretty mountains, but it was probably the trip that most people have when they go to Sedona, right? It was beautiful, it was fabulous, but it was not what I expected. And I was so let down and I was so disappointed and that's the trip that I really got this expectation thing on. So it wasn't that the trip was bad. The trip was, it was still Sedona, like seriously. There's, I don't think there are many places more beautiful than Sedona in this world, literally. And so it was still a fantastic trip, but because I had my expectations set in one thing, it's it's becoming very rigid in that being the fulfillment of that experience, right? So that I missed out on a whole lot of the beauty and the wonder and the things that I would have gotten. I would have had a totally different, amazing trip. I could have had two amazing trips, totally unique, but I had expectations. And so I limited myself, and I was disappointed when that didn't happen. So then I got what my mom had always been talking about, right? So as we move into um, new experiences and as we look at other people um, and their different experiences and how we interact with them, it's important to, to get a feel for when we're setting expectations and when we're living in that space of expectations, right? Um and I don't know, I, on my line, it sounds a little funky. I'm hoping that there's not any quality issues with the sound. Um, for the show, if there is, I apologize, and I'm sure it will clear up soon. But, uh, if you know, if there is, just bear with us, and it's Sudden Link. Yay, Sudden Link, and I live up in the forest, so there you go. So as we move into this feeling of of understanding expectations, um, okay, and so we have somebody who... Okay, before I go any further, we have somebody who'd like to speak, so we're gonna we're gonna pull the caller over and we have a caller from nine two eight area code. Oh, they're gone. I guess maybe they didn't really want to talk to us. <laughs> okay. So as we move into um understanding well how okay, how do we identify when we're living with this expectation and judgment and how do we move past it, right? Because we've got about twenty minutes left, so that's kinda of where we'll go. Um it's easy to identify when we're moving into those places of judgment and expectations because it's a place of it mattering to us what the other person is doing, right? And I don't mean that in a way where we don't care. But, um, for instance, if we see, 
if we see things happening that we think are wrong, say politically, right? Okay, there's there's a lot of unrest in our country as well as others politically right now. So when we see things and we go, oh, this is good, this is the way it needs to be, and then we've got the guy next to us going, oh, this is so wrong, this is so wrong, right? So how can how can that be that we're living in a space where those judgments, they're both judgments, can be so felt so strongly. It's because we have expectations of how we think things ought to turn out, right? So we, I don't think we can really have judgment without expectations. And if we have expectations, it's likely we have judgment, right? They do kind of go hand in hand. So when we look at things politically, and this has been a challenge over the last several years, right, because there was all that with the the election and everything, everybody was so cranked up. And so staying in that, it was a real test, right? A real experiment on this judgment and expectations thing. I have my opinions, right? But those are my opinions and it's based on what feels right or does not. And let's see, there you go. I fall right into it. What's harmonious or disharmonious with me at this particular time, right? I know that I don't know the whole big picture, I know that there's a lot going on on a lot of different levels that I don't have any understanding of. So when um, when I was going through this whole thing with the election process, right, and and just being in the midst of all that craziness that, that was all cranked up, it was a challenge to remain non-judgmental, to not really have a, any expectations and get cranked up about... Because the expectations create emotions. And not feelings, but emotions. So emotions are learned responses. Feelings are what come naturally. Okay. So my expectation for what I would perceive America to be, right, either are or are not harmonious. I'm not even going to go into what my opinions are. But, um, you know, definitely there was a, a strong, yes, it feels harmonious to me, or no, it doesn't, with that whole thing, right, with the way people were behaving, there were people that that I know to be um, loving, kind, caring people that were really just getting into the mudslinging and firing back and relationships were being, lifetime relationships were lost over this last election. It was mind-blowing to me, right? So, and, and I had some of that too where the relationships were strained and whatever just because people were so judgmental over what was right, what was wrong, what was good, what was bad. My side is right. Your side is wrong. And just that whole separation thing. And so I found that it was a real experiment for me in the expectations department because I had people that I knew that I thought, <laughs> I thought and I expected to sort of behave a little differently. And so the part of them that they were choosing to come from was a little surprising. And so I found that I was getting a little irritated with some people because I thought, you know better than this. You, you know, that's what I fell into was, you know better than this. You're getting everybody cranked up and you're, it's a total separation. And how can we unite as a country if we're so divided and just that whole thing. And I, I really found that I would fall into that, right? How can we be just slinging things at each other and then be talking about being one country, right? So my expectations were for these people that I knew to have behaved a little differently. Who am I to expect anything? Like, not in a bad way, just how is it my business how they behave? It's my business whether I stay around people who are behaving that way. It's my business whether I read their posts on Facebook or I get into that conversation with them, right? So then if I have expectations or whatever, then then I'm going to be disappointed if they're if they're consistently coming from a different space that does not resonate with me at the time. If I continue to go into that relationship with the expectations of them behaving differently, right, than they are, then that's on me. I can decide to be a part of it or not be a part of it because I can say, you know what, where you're coming from right now, I really like. Or where you're coming from right now doesn't feel so good to me. So in the end, I got a really good refresher course on the expectations through this last um, political thing, right? And so I learned to step back and just see people from from the space they're coming from right now. 
and not expect them to be one thing or another because people grow and people change. It's like a river flowing. And if they don't grow and change, then we get upset that they're not growing and changing. But when they grow and change, then we we kind of have expectations of, well, you didn't grow and change into what I thought you ought to, so now I'm going to judge you, right? <laughs> so it's really a little a little screwy in my judgment. <laughs> so um, I think that at least being aware of when we're setting an expectation for a situation or the outcome of a job interview or the outcome of what our kids are going to be or our marriage is going to be or, you know, whatever it might be. When we go to buy a car and we have an expectation of what we're going to come home with, well, maybe go without an expectation and maybe you won't be so limited, right? So you could still come with the same outcome. doesn't mean you're negating that one, but... Um, okay, so we have a caller from 916 area code now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope that they really intended to talk. So usually if you want to talk with hosts, you press 1 just so people know. Otherwise, you're listening in. So um, caller from area code 916, I'm going to go ahead and have you come over. Hi. What's your name? Hi. This is Diana in California. I just Hi. wanted your opinion on something. Um, okay. Okay, I've been light working, traveling on the road almost two years. So you do a lot of manifesting and singing and dancing, and a miracle do come. But right. you expect to be this. You expect that by now you're this great I am master that everybody says you are. <laughs> so you have to you have to do a lot of pretending, like like you're going to work to an acting job and get on the stage, because right. you can get to that point where well all that stuff didn't happen, so this is so bad, so I give up and blah blah blah. So right. I. On that, in order not to give up, it's a job. You're just getting on the stage every morning. <laughs> you're starting the drums and you're acting, and you can assign everybody to whatever tone and tune that you want them to play. And I have right. a rainbow and angels, and I have Merlin, and Merlin's the conductor. And but it's so dang silly that you have to do all that. Now that's why I want to ask you: Who invented these crazy rules? And then how long do you have to pretend? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Your energy is awesome. <laughs> you know, and I think that's, I think what happens is a lot of us are shifting. There's a difference between like the psychic energy and the mystical energy, right? And so you think as we move out of the psychic into the mystical, we start seeing things on a bigger picture and we're just like, what is all this silliness? Right? So when I, like I've been doing this stuff for 40 some years, right? And I will have people go, come to me and go, well, what is your ritual for this? What is your ritual for that? And I'm like, I don't I don't think I've ever done a ritual in my life, right? It just seems ridiculous to me because if I'm working with the energy, why do I need to do all this stuff with feathers and God knows what, right? And so while, yes, I have, like, stones and things that I enjoy, I agree. Like, sometimes it can just get to be a show. And then if that's the case, where is the energy really at when you're doing it, right? And what do you really – so, but it's – so I get – what you're saying is these people have this expectation that that's what it's going to be like. Is that what you're saying? Kind of? Well, yeah, even I do. When you're manifesting, you expect your manifestations (laughs) to come true if you followed all the rules. Okay, I get you. So it's a formulation, damn it. (laughs) And I'm working for free, you know. I I work for the the universe. (laughs) Right. So it's like... But if I, I don't have any water or any food, something comes. <laughs> right. Well, and, you know, if, and I think, too, you know, if if that's what you expect a spiritual leader to do, then that's probably what, what you're going to do, right? For me, um, I charge for what I do. I'm good with that because what I do, people take with them. It's every bit as important as what a doctor does or what somebody else does, right? So, oh yeah, um, it certainly is. <laughs> right, and so, and I do. Yeah, I want to get to that point of charging, but because I can heal. Right, healer, right, and so it's really yourself. just getting to that point within ourselves, and and the more that we do, and it's not about like gouging people for the money, right? Which I see in Sedona, but I also see people who are there and just respecting what they do. Like, um, I have probably over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in education, just like a doctor does. Right, not everybody mm-hmm. in this world does, but like in the spiritual world, but that's okay because it's what value do you bring and putting a value on yourself so the the judgment and expectation that you want to look at first probably is what is your expectation for you and what you do, 
and the people that come to see you, right? And if if you have an expectation of I'm just going to heal you and you know, or I'm just going to be the the vessel for the healing, whatever, um, mm-hmm. start attracting people who don't need all the all the show, right? So it may be a, a process in shifting. But it sounds to me like you're getting to the point where you don't really need all the all the ridiculous stuff. I'd like and and if it's heartfelt, then it's not ridiculous. It's fun. It's great. People love it, right? I do have people come to me. I had somebody come to me for um, for an emotional cord cutting, right? And she expected to be like burning things in a fire and dancing around and whatever. And really, in fact, she just laid on the sound table and we did a regression and poof, it was done and we reset her vibration. It was all energetic. It wasn't any big thing and she was a little shocked and it was you could see she's like well what am i paying for like like she was going to be paying for the show right (laughs) i'm like well you got the healing trust me life is different now you feel different right and so she got past that point of needing the show right but it is definitely an expectation people have and they have it because we set it for them right so it's kind of one of those like which came first the chicken or the egg sort of so I think if you're feeling like you're going on stage instead of really coming out of, and I totally get it, I totally get it because I work with people who are at that same point a lot, then maybe it's time to stop and go, you know what, I think it's level up, as the kids say, level up in your game. (laughs) Like kind of step up to a new level and a new way of doing things, you know? Yeah, well, I'm I'm just... uh tried everybody's way but bottom line is you got to have the money to start a business and you, and then when your computer is stolen and and i spent um probably ninety thousand dollars on my holistic education right. too yeah but people it really, ain't cheap oh, really do need to pay and i'll tell them they can dance under the full moon if that's what they want i right. won't say you need that just because i was a vessel for your healing you know i'll let right. them have their rituals i'm that way right but, <clears throat> But for me, just to get it in and get the finances in and get what I'm doing, because I've been on the road almost two years, me right. and my car needs help, and it's almost like dependent on other people to help me at this point. So right. I want to bring so maybe it in that I maybe it's right time to stop and business right into my spiritual family because it's right. time and it's there and it's been there. There you go. For there you go. Now. It's maybe it's just time to shift your your expectations of of what walking that spiritual path means because a lot of us have weighed down deep that it's got to be a really hard road. And it's it's definitely a hard road. That's part of why we get we need to get paid. Oh, I took for the, it. I took the hard you know. way. I took the big way. I gave it all so up for my So maybe calling. just looking at at what your expectations are from that lifestyle and from um you know, what is what is your expectation for being a spiritual teacher or leader, you know? And then allow yourself to start manifesting the things that you like. Right, because maybe things are being a little bit more difficult because you're not working within harmony of your truest inner being. Oh no, right? I so am. You it's, are. It's okay. To get into okay. my, oh yeah, I need to get into my home, my spiritual business, my soulmate, and my books out and teaching and healing people and teaching people how to heal themselves. Oh, right, but what I'm saying is, time. what I'm saying is by by doing it in the manner that does not resonate with you at the moment, maybe that's where you're not walking your spiritual path. Not that you're not by doing the spiritual work, because obviously that's something you're passionate about, but in the manner you're doing it. So just something to think about, you know, like where where are your expectations? And, and maybe <clears throat> when we hold those expectations, we really limit ourselves for where it can go, you know. So it can just manifest into something pretty amazing. I know that that has happened for me year after year, you know, where I remove the expectations and then, bam, everything just blossoms. So for me, that's been my experience. You know, So I can say that that's helpful in my experience. Your experience may be different, right? Well, so, yeah, if you, you have to understand what lightworkers do. We're on call 24-7. If we're called to another country, we're called to another dimension, we're there to do the work with the, with the angels. So it's constant right. working. And, and sometimes the working distracts you from what you need to do. Right. In your right. body. <laughs> in in right. your physical Definitely. form. <laughs> Definitely. It's it's a lot to a lot to juggle. We're down to about five minutes, so I'm gonna go ahead and switch over. Um I'm very glad you called in. 
Me too. I was, it was good to talk to someone who isn't just being a psychic. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. <laughs> you know, Thank there's you. enough of Thank those out there, much. right? <laughs> All right. Have a great day, and the best of luck to you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so she brings up a really good point, you know, um, and and I may go in a direction that makes people unhappy, and that's okay because I have no expectations or judgments. <laughs> We have about four minutes left, so I'm real quickly just going to use this as a use this caller as sort of an example. Um, sometimes we are so in depth with what it means to be a light worker, what it means to be a healer, what it means to be a teacher, or somebody who drives a bulldozer. I don't know whatever it is we're doing. I mean, they're not all spiritual stuff. It's just regular everyday stuff too. Um, sometimes we're so ingrained with what that means, right? Um, that that we don't even realize we're having judgments or expectations. And just using her respectfully as an example, because I I could feel her passion and compassion, and it was wonderful. Um, when she said that, you know, when you're a light worker and you're called to a different country or a different dimension or whatever you go, um, I don't know that I agree with that. <laughs> I do agree with being of service. I also agree with when we have that expectation of, we just follow what spirit is telling us, um, we can get swept away pretty easily. Where if we stop and remove the expectations of what it means to be of service, okay? If Like I get calls from people all over the world, right, who would love for me to come there and work with them, but that's the expectation that I need to come there to work with them. And so instead I can remove the expectations and just go, okay, spirit, am I to be of service in this area? And if so, in what way is in everybody's best interest, including mine, right? The expectation is that if you're walking this path as a healer, light worker, whatever, that's got to be a struggle. It's got to be difficult. And they will fight me all day long on this one, but I see it day in and day out. And the words may say one thing, but the actions and, and the venting say another, right? So finding that balance, with what's a win-win for everybody and removing your expectations of what it means to be of service. Maybe being of service in in Chile or Peru or whatever means being trained on a new way to astral there or to work energetically with a different place or, you know, and a lot of my training now comes from Ascended Masters and that kind of thing. It's not even going and taking another class, right? So to be of service doesn't take money. To earn money being of service sometimes takes a little bit of money. But in most cases, if we remove the expectations, then uh, the the manner of which we can do things comes. And, and the paths for money come, right? The paths for other people being of service to us, aiding us in being of service, can open up. But we have to be in balance. We have to um, really be really be removing our conditioned responses out of the way, right? Especially when it comes to spiritual work because the reality of it is so big and so vast that we don't even have a clue how it can work, right? And I'm going to say that it's that way for everything. We're down to just about a minute left. And so I'm going to invite you guys to really be aware of when you have an expectation. An expectation is when you know this is the way it is. Right? I expect that if I do this job, this is how life is going to be. It can be a different way if I have this or that or if I do this or that. You're putting yourself in a box and you're limiting yourself. And you don't have to because it, it can, if you remove that box and just go, okay, I would, I would love to see this flow. I'm just going to flow with this. Then you remove the expectations. It doesn't mean let go of everything. It just means let go of the expectations and see what happens. So we're down to about 30 seconds. I want to remind everybody that you can find me at Sacred Light of Sedona, if you're in the Arizona area, sacredlightofsedona.com for the calendar and to set appointments ahead of time, that kind of thing. Mysticaltruth.com is my website. It's kind of going through some reconstructive changes, but that's where you can find me for appointments. And 12weekcoaching.com, uh, mysticaltruth.com, 12weekcoaching.com are my websites for um, life coaching as well as psychic stuff, that kind of thing. And uh, I hope everybody has a wonderful day. I hope today at least gets you questioning things and looking at things differently. 
Have a beautiful day, everybody, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Uh, Also find me on Facebook, Truth Light on Facebook and Mystical Truth on Facebook. So, all right. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.